Grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 6 tonight. Matthew chapter 6. All right, so do y'all remember what we talked about last week? Prayer. Yeah, there we go. Do you remember what we talked about prayer? Foundation of prayer. Yeah, kind of. Well, what else? What about prayer? It's conveying a message. See, that dude took notes. That's what I'm talking about. What up? What up? Dude, okay. Oh, you got the gift card, Mega. I was going to give you another one, but sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what we talked about last week, we started this new series on prayer, talking about the ins and outs of prayer and what our prayer life should look like. Uh, and so last week, what we talked about is the very basic question, what is prayer, right? Uh, and so some of the stuff that we talked about is that prayer uh, is an intentional conversation between us and God, uh, that you don't have to have the right words to say, right? You don't have to know the exact right thing to go to God and talk about. You just need to have the right intention. You need to trust in him and go to him on a regular basis because he knows, uh, he knows what's on your heart. He knows the situations that you find yourself in, and he knows uh, how to work in and through each one of those situations. Uh, and so now this week what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about how do I pray. So last week, what is prayer? This week we're going to talk about how do I pray. Uh, and the cool thing is, is like it's in your Bible, how to pray. So I'm going to just let you all read your Bible, and I'm going to go home. Is that cool? Dude, come on. Like, oh, no, just kidding. Uh, no, um, no, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're actually going to look at a passage in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus basically lines out um, a, a passage and says, this is then how you should pray. So like very clear direction from Jesus, this is how you should pray. Uh, and so we're going to look at this tonight and kind of see uh, the, what it is that we can do when we go to God in prayer. Um, so we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 6, uh, in, uh, starting off in verse 5. Uh, verse 5 through 13 of Matthew 6. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into the room, close the door, and pray to our Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Okay, so let's pause right there. So basically he's saying, don't just pray big prayers in front of people so that they think you're cool and smart, right? He's saying that just because you're using a lot of words doesn't mean that there's not that intentionality that we talked about last week, that sincerity in your prayers. So he's kind of talking uh, right off the bat. He's not saying you can't pray in public around people, but don't use your prayer to boast yourself and pick yourself up in front of other people so people have high opinions of you when you pray, all right? So picking back up in verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So again, in Matthew 6, you have Jesus um, He's going into his Sermon on the Mount, right? It's a very popular, uh, well-known portion of Scripture. Jesus is basically giving you foundations of a Christian walk, foundations of a Christian life, uh, principles, things that you need to learn to live, uh, live by so that you can walk in a manner worthy of, uh, of being called a Christian. And so in chapter 6, he begins talking about prayer uh, and, and how we should pray to God. Right? How many of y'all have heard this prayer before? You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah, just about all of y'all. Uh, it's a very well-known, popular prayer. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen it in movies or on sports 
sports teams as they're about to run out on the football field. Uh, it's a very well-known, popular prayer. Uh, but I think basically, I mean, this is exactly Jesus' words said, this is how we should pray. So I think if Jesus is saying, hey, this is how you should pray, we should take note of what it is that he then goes on to say. And so tonight, I'm going to make this super, super simple. I'm going to break this down uh, in four letters for you all, all right? P-R-A, you know what the last word is? Why? Yeah, pray. It's on the screen. Nice. Okay, so we're going to break this down. Each one, is it's called an acronym, right? Okay, cool. Mama, English teacher mom would be proud. Uh, no, so we're going to break this down, P-R-A-Y, about how you should pray. Um, so first up, what's their first letter? P. P, exactly. So when we pray, prayer requires praise. So your letter that starts, or your word that starts with P is praise. Prayer requires praise. How many of y'all seen the movie Avengers? Or one of the eight, however many there are. How many of y'all seen Infinity War? Like the, the last, second to last one, yeah? Yeah, spoiler alert, they all die. Uh, no, this is, that's not true. Uh, so Infinity War, right, is like the second to last Avengers, right? It's the one where everything goes wrong and he like snaps everybody out of existence, right? That's the right one? Something like that? Okay, sorry. It's been out for years. If you haven't seen it at this point, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, no. Uh, so in, in, in Infinity War, a lot of the Avengers kind of get together, and they're on this plane uh, to Wakanda, right? Do you, you remember where Wakanda is? Yeah. Do you remember who lives in Wakanda? Black Panther, exactly. So a couple of the Avengers, they're all on a plane flying out to Wakanda, right, to meet up with Black Panther for the very first time. Uh, and Bruce Banner is the guy that plays Hulk, right? Uh, he's sitting on the plane, he's talking to one of the other guys, and he's like, hey, man, what do I do? What do I do when I meet Black Panther? Like, he's a king, right? He is king over Wakanda. So, like, what do I do? I've never met a king before. Do I, do I bow? Do I, do I kiss his ring? Like, what do I do? And the guy's like, of course you bow. Like, he's a king, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And so the plane lands. He gets off the plane, and what happens? And Black Panther's like, what are you doing? Stop. Like, we don't do that here, right? You don't have to bow to me. And everybody's cracking up because they played a joke on him, and he didn't really have to bow to the king. But in that mindset, I think that's uh, of, of what you do when you meet a king. I think that's the mindset that we need to have when we go to God in prayer. You were coming before the God of the entire universe. You were coming before Jesus, who is called the king of kings, right? You were entering into a conversation with them. And when you and I go to God or go to Jesus in prayer, the first thing that we need to do is offer up our praise, because remember, you are talking to God, the God who loves you, the Savior who came and sacrificed himself for you so that you have direct access to God and you don't have to go through somebody else. You don't have to go uh, anywhere else. You can go directly to God. And so I think for our prayers, our prayer requires and should always start with thanksgiving and with praise. At the very beginning of this prayer, Oh, sorry, frog in the throat. That was weird. Like I was talking and then I couldn't breathe and I don't know what just happened. Uh, so, okay, where am I? Um, it's still Sunday, right? Like that was weird. Like I couldn't breathe. Anyway, I'm just all, okay. So at the very beginning of the passage, it, it, uh, it says our, our father, oh, sorry, I'm getting super off track tonight. Uh, it says our father who art in heaven, right? Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Praises be on your name, God, because of how awesome you are. 
And like praise and thanksgiving is what we have to bring because of how good God is, even when we aren't, right? Even when we are not faithful, God is faithful. So you taking the time to praise and thank God at the beginning of your prayers before requesting or asking anything else of God, what that does is that takes the focus off of you and that puts it on God. It puts all of the focus on what God has done in and through your life. It takes away you being the focal point of that conversation, and it puts God at the forefront. All right, so the next letter. What's the next letter? R. All right, cool. Prayer requires repentance. P-R. Prayer requires repentance. So this past week, um, we had gone out to dinner. Most of my sermon illustrations involve food or going out to eat, I'm noticing. Uh, But this this past week, I had gotten home from work. I didn't feel like cooking, so I told Nat, I was like, hey, let's just go out to eat. One of our favorite restaurants is right down the road from our house. Um, so we got up, we went to the restaurant, everything was great, food was wonderful. Uh, we started to walk out, and I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to surprise my family with ice cream, because I love ice cream, and I selfishly want it for myself, so I'm going to act like it's for Riley, right? I'm going to pretend like I'm buying my daughter ice cream, but it's really for myself. Uh, and so as we were walking out of the restaurant, I was like, hey, y'all want to go get ice cream? Let's go get ice cream, right? Uh, and it was, Riley got super excited, she's looking at me, she's like, what, ice cream? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, well, I see that smile. Uh, so she's like, yeah, that sounds great. But there's a bunch of cars and toys right outside the restaurant, and she wanted to play on those. And so we let her play for just a few minutes. She jumped in the, the little plastic Jeep that's out there, and she was bouncing back and forth between the cars. And after a while, it was time to go. Like, right, we didn't need to stand out there forever. It was starting to rain. Hey, we need to get going. And she just outright refused to go. Right? What are you doing? No, I'm not going to get in the car. I'm not going anywhere. It's like a toy that's been sitting out there for five years, or we can go get some ice cream. You want to keep playing on the toy? Okay, no, okay. So I literally had to like drag her kicking and screaming to the car because she didn't want to quit playing, right? Uh, She started yelling, no, leave me alone, leave me alone. I'm sorry, I'm talking about you, little girl. I'm sorry. Uh, But uh, like kicking and screaming, we had to like hold her down and strap her into her seatbelt and screaming. And I got so frustrated with it. I finally said, you know what? We're not going to get ice cream. The way you were acting so bad, we're not going to go get ice cream. I I thought I was, like, big and tough by saying that, but, like, I was super disappointed on the inside because I really wanted ice cream. Uh, But I was like, you know what? We can't go get ice cream now because of the way you acted. And so that just led to more tears and more screaming, and everybody was upset. And so we're driving home, and uh, and eventually she stopped crying. She stopped screaming, and, and just the sweetest, most innocent, cute voice ever. She's like, I'm sorry, Mommy and Daddy. And I was like, dude, like, I broke. Like, you know, it's like, oh, dude, like, you see that stuff in TV and movies in real life? I'm just tears streaming down my face. I was like, dang it. And then the next thing, she goes, can we get ice cream now? And I was like, what? You know, like, she knows exactly how to blame me because first I want ice cream. But second of all, you were being super, super sweet, right? She wasn't sorry. She just wanted the ice cream, right? She realized on the way home, man, if I don't chill out, if I don't apologize, then I'm not going to get any ice cream. I'm not going to get any of the good stuff if I don't start behaving and acting the right way, right? So I promise this all connects. Uh, But when you and I pray, it needs to have repentance built into our prayer, all right? We need to repent before God. And I know I've talked with y'all, some of y'all about this before, but when you're, once you're saved, you're always saved, okay? When you give your heart and you give your life to Jesus and he, you accept his salvation and ask him into your life, you cannot lose that, right? He, he forgives you of your sins, past, present, and future. That doesn't ever go, ever go away. 
but that doesn't mean that you and I are above asking for forgiveness, right? Well, think about when your parents, when you do something wrong to your parents and they're mad at you and you, you go to them and you ask for their forgiveness, right? They don't just kick you out of the house and say, hey, get out of here and don't ever come back. If they do, call me. You can come to my house. I'm sorry that that happened. But uh, like, they're not going to kick you out of their house, right? And just and say, get out of here. I don't ever want to talk to you again. No. You go to them and you apologize and you make up, right? If your friend, if your friend or you do something wrong to a friend, right, you go and apologize to them because you want to get in right with your friends. You want to fix whatever uh, was broken and needs mending, right? And we need to have that same attitude with God. We need to present ourselves holy and pleasing to God. We need to go to him and constantly ask for forgiveness, not because we did something that cost us our salvation, but we go to God and ask for forgiveness because it keeps us in line with what God wants us to be and what God wants us to do. We go to God and we ask him for forgiveness because it pushes away all of the stuff that we fill in our lives, all of the sin in this world, all of the things that we put in front of God. It turns all of that away so that we can focus our hearts and our minds directly on God. She apologized because she wanted ice cream, and I was okay with that because I wanted ice cream too. But that's not what we do with God. We don't apologize. We don't repent before God so that he'll answer our prayers the way that we want him to. We don't just go to God and say, man, God, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me uh, for, for not being the person that I was supposed to be? You don't do that so that you can get the good stuff. You do that so that you can stay in step with where God is leading your life, where God is guiding you, where God wants you to walk with your life. And if you notice, just like prayer requires praise, it takes the focal point off of you and it puts it on God. Prayer requiring repentance, again, takes the focus off of you. It takes the focus off of your sin and the things that you put in front of God, and it focuses on who God has called you to be. All right, what's the next letter? Why? Exactly. No. Uh, A, yeah. Prayer requires asking, right? Like, we often don't pray um, without asking God for something at some point, right? Uh, we don't have to ask God for something, but more often than not, when we go to God, it's to ask him for something, right? Uh, we go to God, we seek him out, and we ask him for help, right? Uh, God, help me get a good grade uh, on this test that I have coming up this week. Or, or God, help me drive safely to work and back home tomorrow, right? We go to God and we present our request to him, and he's there to actively listen to the things that we need to ask or that we want to ask of him. We can also go to God uh, and ask on, on, on behalf of other people for the sake of others in our life, uh, interceding uh, on, on other people's behalf with God. God, heal this family member who's, uh, who's dealing with this really bad sickness in their life. Uh, God, help this person come to know Jesus because I love them and I want them to know Jesus too. God, be with the people in this other country dealing with this crisis that they're dealing with, or be with our world. Help us to, to see the incredible things that you're doing. God wants you and I to come to him with our request. That's why he is there. He wants us to bring those needs and those frustrations and those struggles to him, right? Go back in your passage real quick in verse 11 uh, tonight. It says, give us this day our daily bread. If you'll notice, it says daily bread. It doesn't say weekly bread or monthly bread or, hey, God, can you give me all of the bread I'm ever going to need for the rest of my entire life, right? It says, give us this day our daily bread. What that means is when we seek out God with our request, he was always going to give you enough to sustain you. 
right? Any request, anything that you bring to God, he is always going to give you enough to sustain you. And daily bread, what I mean by daily bread is that God is going to give you enough to sustain you. But what, what does that do? When I run out of bread at the end of the day, what do I need to do the next day? I need to ask again. I need to go back to God and say, God, give us this day, the next do, the next day. I go back and I ask God again, right? When we run out of bread at the end of the day, we go back to God and ask him for more, and he supplies us with it over and over and over. The reason he does that, the reason he supplies us with daily bread as opposed to all of the bread you'll ever need for every sandwich ever for the rest of your life It's because it brings us back to him over and over. If he gave you a lifetime supply of everything you ever needed, would you ever go to him in prayer? Would you ever ask God to sustain you? If you had all the stuff that you need, you wouldn't need God. And so give us this day our daily bread. He's going to give you enough to sustain you because that brings us back to him with all of our requests, no matter what day it is. And again, I know asking kind of seems like it keeps the focus on us, but again, I think asking actually puts the focus back on God because you're asking and you're trusting God with the prayer requests that you're bringing to him. You're submitting uh, all of your needs and all of the things that you want. You're submitting those to God and you're trusting that he cares about them. You're trusting that he's going to do something with it. So it focuses again back on God. What's the last letter? E. That's exactly right. Uh, Prayer requires yielding. No, I couldn't make it work. I was going to try. Anyway, prayer requires yielding, right? Um, In our passage, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom come, God's will be done here on earth, here in my heart, here in my life, just like he wants it to be when he thinks it up in heaven, right? It's not my plans, not my demands, not the desires of my own heart, but what his answers, what his will is. Prayer requires us to yield to his will. You know, I've shared this before many, many times uh, in here with, with y'all and as well as um, on Sunday mornings. Uh, I've spent a lot of my life, a lot of my adult life telling God what to do. I spent a lot of time telling him what the desires were that I wanted for my life, uh, what my expectations were, the things that I wanted to succeed at, the things that I wanted to do with my life, where I expected God to bless me. I spent a lot of time telling God, hey, I know you're God, but this is what I want, and so this is what you need to do, right? I spent a lot of my adult life doing that, and often it was Because, God, I'm a good Christian. I'm not doing what they're doing over there or the people on TV. I'm not doing those things. I go to church. I'm a preacher's kid, you know. I I do all these things. I'm a quote-unquote good Christian, right? So So many times God was gracious enough to laugh at me in the face and tell me no. And I, and I, that sounds weird, but I'm so thankful for that, that God was gracious enough to tell me no. Because so many times my focus was completely encapsulated with what I wanted, with what I expected, with what I could see right in front of my face. And I completely lost sight of the big picture. I completely lost sight that God has a plan that is bigger and better. And God was gracious enough to remind me that his plans and his purposes are always going to be better 
than what I ask for or what I expect. When we yield what we want, when we yield to God, y'all, we get to see God's goodness and we get to see his greatness on full display. In a couple weeks, uh, Carson's going to get up and talk about uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Shout out, Carson. Uh, he's going to get up and talk about Ephesians 3. It's one of my wife's favorite passages, and it's kind of become uh, one of the, the very end of it. It's kind of become our theme verse in our life, uh, that to him who is able to do far more than anything we can ever ask for or imagine, to him be glory. Y'all, God can do exceedingly more, abundantly more things than you and I can dream of. And it's always going to be better than what we have for ourselves, no matter what. God's plan, God's provision, God's daily bread is always going to be better than anything that you could dream up for yourself, right? And with that, sometimes God's answer is going to be no to your prayer. The prayer that you so desperately pray and you beg and you plead with God, sometimes he's going to say no. And other times, you're going to beg and plead for him not to say yes, and he's going to say yes. And I know that often that's really hard to deal with. That's really hard to be okay with, right? We want God to answer the prayers the way we want him to answer prayers. And sometimes he doesn't do that. But when we yield to God, when we yield to his will, it is honestly the best thing that you can do in your prayer life is you yield to what he has for you, and it is always going to be better than what you come up with on your own. Y'all, God's really good at what he does. Like, just walk outside and look at a tree. Like, I know that sounds completely random, but, like, God crafted that with a snap of his fingers. Like, look around you in creation. God is really good at what he does. It's incredible to see some of the things and the animals in this world God created all of that. He is really good at what he does. And as much as he cares about everything out there, he cares for what's in here even more. He cares about you. He cares about me. He cares about the trajectory of your life. He cares with the things that you struggle with, the things that hurt you, the things that excite you. God cares about all of that. And he's really good at coming. So if you notice, I've mentioned it for each one of these letters. If you notice, Every single one of these things, praise, repentance, asking, yielding, they all take the focus off of us, and they put it back on God. We praise him for his goodness, right? We thank him for all of the awesome things that he does in our life, and we repent where we have failed him, where we have walked away, where we have turned away. We repent and we ask forgiveness so that we can get back to where he expects and wants us to be. We trust in him. We, when we ask, we trust that he cares. We trust that he is actively sitting there listening to us. And we yield to his will because his will is far better than anything that we can come up on our own. So tonight we started with this question, of how do I pray, right? How do we pray? I think the first thing that you need to do when you pray you need to take the focus off of you and what you want and focus on what God is trying to tell you. Don't go to him and say, God, I expect this and this and this, and if you don't do this, I'm going to be upset, but I'll also take this and this. Don't pray like that. Don't be like the people at the beginning of this passage that go out in public and demand all of these things and use big fancy words because you think other people are going to be impressed by it. Go to God intentionally with a humble spirit and say, God, take everything away 
that is not of you and focus my heart on you. Praise God and repent where you have failed him and ask him to work in every situation in every part of your life and then wait for him to answer. Don't answer for him. Wait on him to answer and see the incredible stuff that he wants to do in each and every one of your lives.